Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Monica O'Hanlon Production. So if I'm not in the suit, I'm actually quite a shy person. When I'm in the suit, I'm a lot more energetic, happy to meet people. I am happy to meet people, it's scary for me. Hello, I'm Monica O'Hanlon and this is Living With Mon, the podcast which explores interesting and alternative lifestyles. Before we go any further, I would love to say a big thank you to everyone who's reached out, whether that's emails, messages, reviews. As an independent creator, it really means a lot. So if you are enjoying this series, the best way to support it is to rate and review the pod wherever you listen. It helps other people find it. And like I said, I can use all the love I can get. Now, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you with me for this week's episode. We're mixing things up yet again. Today, we're delving into the world of the furry. You may have heard of the subculture or seen it depicted on TV and movies. From what I've heard, a lot of these portrayals are inaccurate. And because there's so much to this topic, we're doing two parts. Today, we're gonna speak with Haruka, who is part of the furry fandom. Next week, we'll be speaking to another furry about the more mature side of things. So make sure you've hit subscribe or the follow button wherever you're listening because you won't want to miss that one either. Like everyone so far, Haruka was so patient and really gave me a new perspective on the furry scene. Remember, like all the episodes, these are my guests' personal experiences And like everything in life, they may differ between individuals. So that being said, let's get stuck into it. I really hope you enjoy it. You've asked me to call you Haru. Is that your fursona? It's kind of a nickname for my fursona. My fursona's name is Haruka. Okay. What what exactly is a fursona? Maybe we'll start there. So... A persona is, um, the best way to explain it is it's someone's persona in the furry fandom. It's usually a character that they have created or that someone else in the community has created but has no attachment to the character anymore, so they sold the character. And it's just a a character that the uh, individual identifies with. So your persona is Haruka? Haruka, yes. How did you get to that name and can you describe to us a little bit about what you look like for anyone listening at home who kind of would love to have a visual of Haruka? So I got the name Haruka mostly because before I was a furry, I was really into anime and I wanted to cosplay a character from Sailor Moon whose name is Haruka. And uh, some friends started just calling me Haruka and Haru and that name kind of stuck. So I incorporated it with my fursona. My my fursona is uh, if you crossed a uh, a dog with a shark. 
How did you come up with that? And what colour? Like, I know that yeah. I've just seen so many like cool, colourful suits and stuff. Like, tell me, describe to me yours. My uh, character is a hybrid of a dog and a shark, but um, it's kind of a has German Shepherd patterning, so it has that. It, but instead of black uh, for the muzzle and back, it's uh, kind of like lavender or dark purple I haven't completely decided yet <laughs> sometimes it changes <laughs> and the rest is mostly yellow and there's markings and gills because they are a shark part shark <laughs> <laughs> pointy teeth <laughs> how do you come up with it like I don't understand like that's pretty um creative to to put a a shark with a you know all of these animals how does how does that come about it's part of that this creativity and uh, artistic side of the the fandom. It's like sometimes we might have a thought in our head of, uh, you know, a normal animal is is not um, creative enough, so we're going to add more. <laughs> <laughs> there are other designs out there that I'm not the only one who's made a uh, dog shark before, but there are other ones. There are... I've heard someone design a um, a fennec fox cross a shark before, and many different. Um, th- there's been someone that I've heard of has put eleven species into one character. Wow! Is Harika when you put on the the suit? Is do you have a full suit? I don't exactly have a suit of that design yet. Uh, they're quite pricey. I have attempted to make my own, and it's a partial. It's not the best quality because it was the first time I was doing costume making, but I do have one technically. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And and how do you feel when you put on your headpiece? When you're in suit, you, you don't have to worry about people judging you for who you are in, inside the suit. A lot of the times I see smiles and that's what I, I love about it. Besides not being able to breathe very well in it. <laughs> It's a lot of fun to wear, and I love like just getting the smiles, the laughter, and I also just have fun both getting a reaction from people and just being able to just express myself basically through performance when I'm in the suit. And how does that differ when you're in the suit to how you are if you you're not wearing it? So if I'm not in the suit, I'm actually quite quite a shy person. I will try and be just a bit of a wallflower I assume uh when I'm in the suit I'm a lot more energetic happy to meet people I am happy to meet people it's scary for me do you feel like you're more yourself when you you're in the suit I do I actually do well I've um I was reading some other interviews and I I heard that quite a lot it was like a safe place because no one can judge you I guess on your gender or your looks or your race age sexuality anything like that it's kind of a no judgment zone because no one knows what's underneath yeah that's basically it a vision is horrible in it though (laughs) a vision (laughs) yeah you can't see very well when you're in it (laughs) oh yeah I bet it's pretty hot too, right? Especially in Australia, yes. <laughs> what does it mean to be a furry? Like, what does it mean to you? Well, there's the basic definition of it being a fan of anthropomorphic characters. Like, anthropomorphic can mean 
anything that you've given human, human characteristics or traits. So it doesn't always have to be an animal. I've seen planes before, but it's also a community that feels safe to be oneself. There's not really any judgment when it comes to someone's sexuality or gender, identity or race. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It, everyone can be themselves and there's no judgment. And it's also just a great place uh, for many creatives and artists like myself. The fairy community has actually made uh, jobs for a lot of people who are artists. That's really cool. I've seen the work that goes into those suits and like we were talking about before, the um, the art that comes out of it, I've seen like entire comics created. Yeah, I, I think it's such a cool way of self-expression. Would you call yourself a full-time furry or how does that, like how does it work? How do you balance it when you're Haru and when you're not Haru? I'm kind of always Haru because Haru is just me. Nice. <laughs> there, uh, It's just I don't really bring it up when I'm like at somewhere like at a job interview or something. I'm not going to bring it up. It's just normal to me. Is it like a weekend thing, like, or, or is it a daily? Will you kind of? I know that you said that you're you're always hurry, but I mean, with the full suit wise, like, is that a a daily thing, or how, how I, does that work? Usually, uh, when it comes to fursuiting, it's only really on when people have meetups or when there's meetup events or conventions is when people usually wear their suit. Okay. And does that happen, like, do you go to a lot of these meetups or events? Is there a lot of that in Australia? I I used to. I know there's one in Brisbane. There's a few that go around. There was one I went to where it was um, a lot of bushwalking tracks. Wow. Imagine I would love to be on a bushwalk and then stumble across all of these incredible characters. That that would be so cool. That's it. I, I wasn't kind of expecting bushwalking and stuff I was kind of thinking more in a like a convention center kind of thing yeah uh, a lot of the convention ones they have a um a fursuit walk that is walk down to uh, the convention that's near me at least they walk down to the surface paradise beach and hang out there for a little bit how many would you say go to one in for instance surface paradise one in surface paradise a lot <laughs> there are a lot <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> what, like, what's a lot? I'm, I'm so curious. Uh, I'm not sure on the uh, the limit on how many people can be at the convention because it happens in a hotel, but I think around 200 maybe. Wow. Just from surface power. Oh, just, in, I guess, on the Gold Coast. But that's just maybe a rough there. estimate. I'm not one of the convention people who organize it (laughs) is it fair to say then it's a pretty big scene in australia would would you say it's actually pretty big it's just probably about the the size of how how many anime fans are in australia kind of thing so it's definitely like kind of hand in hand or poor in poor or (laughs) whatever the like anime yeah if you think about it's not too dissimilar they both cosplay just one cosplays their own characters and one cosplays characters they like. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> how, how did you get involved in, in the furry scene? So I was into 
anime all throughout high school. And then when I left high school, I met my partner, my, my current partner that I've been with for about seven years now. And he was he was a fairy and introduced me to what it was. And I was like, this is cool. And I was already an artist and I just liked a lot of the art that I saw. It's this really cool and neat. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is like a little bit of a touchy topic, obviously, but I know that the furry subculture, I guess, has had a bit of a bad rap in the media. I think there's been misconceptions and all of those things. I know it's been associated with sex and fetishes. I would really like to ask you, is that a thing? Is the sexual side of it a thing or is that something that maybe there's like a very small group and that's kind of been clickbaity? So that's kind of been really thrown in the media. I think it is a quite a small number of people in the fandom are into that sort of thing but like a lot of fandoms there is a mature side to them of course Uh, (laughs) though i believe that um a lot of the ones who are into that are tend to be the loud the louder ones and that's why they get media gets hold of that starts you know twisting it (laughs) because that's not what the entire fandom is about only a small portion of it has that even then it's between consenting adults there shouldn't be anything to judge really it's not no different from if some you know cosplay and role yeah play. exactly it's no yeah. different from that absolutely and also like i guess what people do in their own homes is really up to them isn't it it's it's yeah. no one else. It shouldn't concern anyone else as long as it's two consenting adults. So that's a really good point. Yes. Two or more. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> yeah, two or more. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And I shouldn't have just said two. I, I don't know. It's been no, a long day. <laughs> it, it, it's okay. I've also, it, that is a truth, but I, I also was jokingly saying that too. <laughs> <laughs> kind of no, break I, the ice. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Can we talk about any of the other common misconceptions about the furry scene? Are there any? I can't think of many on top of my head, but if you have mm-hmm. any questions about any misconceptions, I can try and clear them up. Yeah, cool. I think the biggest one for me and the thing that kept popping up was the the fetish thing. I think because it's been shown in movies and TV shows, I heard about furries through that and I thought it was a fetish thing. And then when I delved in a bit deeper, I kind of found out it was this whole scene where the sex side of it, it wasn't the the main event. So, yeah, I, I kind of stumbled upon it through that way and, I mean, I'm totally intrigued by it. 
all of it actually. Like I have to say, I'm a bit intrigued by the fetish side too. I think that sounds super interesting as well. One of the biggest media misconceptions is the CSI episode. We don't like that. <laughs> That's a bad episode. <laughs> can can you tell us what happens in that episode? I haven't actually, I've only seen like scenes of it because I didn't really watch CSI a lot, but it was one of the episodes that was re- really brought up a lot in the fairy community, especially jokingly um, <laughs> because of how bad it is. It's basically, there's, they go into like a fairy club and it's or something and there's a uh, person in a fursuit who's uh, doing basically pole dancing. In a fursuit. I feel like that would be mm. quite hard, no? Like that would be slippery. wasn't even a nicely designed fursuit, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Work harder, CSI. I mean. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to talk bad about us you could at least make the fursuit look better (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly exactly what about I've also I actually I've met someone that knew and this was another conversation that I had recently I had never heard this word or this term scaly I'd never heard of the word scaly and then I heard is it kind of a subcategory yeah it's just anthropomorphic reptiles and anything that really has scales mostly. So it could be like a dragon or a lizard yeah. or something like that. What about bronies? I'm pretty sure there's some bronies that don't like to associate with fairies. Okay. <laughs> there are a lot of bronies that do associate themselves with fairies. So I'm not a brony, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's but fair. There are a few fairies who do like my little pony there are a few so bronies are basically they're fans of my little pony right and they they dress up i guess like a furry but in but in something. the my, so not all okay yeah i'm gonna have yeah. to dig a little bit deeper that's the same with um with with fairies not all fairies uh wear fursuits okay like so some you- some can't like can't because of medical reasons some just uh it's not for them there's also the fact that they're also expensive. What does a furry without a fursuit, like what does that look like? What do they look like? What is that exactly? So <laughs> like a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at a convention they will usually have like a bit of art of their character and like a badge that they wear around their neck, like on a lanyard to identify them or they, um, or they wear a tail um, of their character. I feel like you've kind of already described it because, you know, you are Haru. So, you know, a day in the life, I was going to ask you about what a day in the life looks like for you as a furry, but maybe what about like a day in the life of a furry when it is like a convention day or a meetup day? Basically would get up, go have breakfast like anyone else would. <laughs> get ready if, if you're in fursuit, weather in fursuit, wearing maybe a, uh, a shirt with a fairy print on it of, of someone's art that they've um, sold as a print and head down to the convention and start doing the events, which a lot of fursuit ones are, are photo shoots. If you're in fursuit, there is a place where you can go cool off because a lot of people don't like to take off the fursuit head out in public space. Uh-huh. Uh, 
because it, to them it ruins the magic and they don't want to uh, ruin the magic for people. So there's usually uh, what is known as the Headless Lounge, which is Ooh. just a room with a lot of fans and cooling. There's always uh, there's convention staff and volunteers going around with water bottles um, because we need to stay hydrated, especially the ones in fursuits, because they can dehydrate very quickly if they don't look, they're not looking after themselves. It's just a... Sorry, I'm trying to think. No, 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 that's okay. I feel like you've given like a really... You've painted a picture. I'd love to go to a convention. I'd love to like meet furries in the flesh. I, I think I'm going to have to put it on my bucket list. It is a fun time. Yeah, I bet. It looks just so colourful and lively and creative. From the videos I've watched, it just looks like an absolute hoot. Do you have friends that you've met at these conventions that you've never actually seen them without the suit on or the head? Technically, yes. Not really friends. I'm not very good at socialising, so I don't really talk much. But there are a few um, personalities that go to these conventions that are quite well known in the community, especially because they make YouTube videos or other types of content. And you don't know what they look like without the suit on. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's really, do you ever like, I guess you, you just say you don't really like socializing too much, but is, is it kind of a taboo topic to talk about what you look like under the suit? Like do people kind of, I guess, because it's a form of escapism. Maybe if um they weren't comfortable with revealing their like identity either because maybe they have family members who might be not as open to things they like to stay hidden for a lot of people that I know they don't really care yeah how has being a furry changed or added to your life I wouldn't have met so many people and found such a great community if I never kind of met the furry fandom I've I've grown on the platforms that I'm using, twitch.tv. Um, I'm actually affiliate with that, so that means I can start making money off the hobby. Uh, Amazing. Be, because the community is so supportive. They're so supportive of people being creative. They're so supportive of people learning new things. And there's always someone to listen if someone's having a bad day. Like Not everyone is happy to lend an ear, but a lot of people are. That's awesome. For anyone who is interested in learning more about furries and the scene, do you know of any good websites or Facebook groups or anything like that that they can join or read more about it? So I know of a few. A lot of uh, this community furry Facebook groups are pretty good to go to. Just ask respectful questions. (laughs) about it but there's also another good source um there's a documentary called the fandom a fairy documentary and it was uploaded by ash coyote it actually goes into depth of like the history and where things led up to the misconceptions and all that there's actually a very popular fairy youtuber in australia Mm -hmm. uh their name their name is prakari the sotaru a sotaru is a a kangaroo that their design is based off for like a, a drink (laughs) wow and they have a series called the bottle which is where they talk about different furry subjects and they just literally just discuss that topic 
And I, I'm also happy to answer questions if people had questions. That That's also a thing. <laughs> cool. So they can find you on Twitch. Yeah. And, and I have a Twitter as well. Awesome. I should have asked this at the start, but is there anything you shouldn't say to a furry? You know how you're talking about respectful questions. Can I say costume? You know how are there words that are a bit sensitive or? So we know when there's a troll when, especially because I I watch a lot of other furry streamers and we do see quite a few trolls and a lot of other misconceptions that people want to just make us feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, especially when it comes to the mature side of things, that's usually what they jump on. Yeah. One of the most common sayings is, and this would be probably really offensive and probably won't be in the podcast, uh, but uh, is which um, does get said by a lot of trolls. It actually gets said is said by um, fairies as well, just as a joke, though. A lot of the times that's between really close friends that are joking about it. I think it is really important when we talk about, like especially someone like myself who is not part of the community, I think it's really important to learn about, you know, what what is harmful or what is hurtful to say and how to be respectful because my intention would never be to be disrespectful but I know that with ignorance and not knowing heaps about it, I, I would hate to offend anyone. So, yeah, for me this is a really good learning opportunity to kind of. Yeah, a lot of trolls use these ones is um they seem to think that all furries are into not so good stuff. <laughs> you may have come across it in your research. I'm kind of not really comfortable saying it, but that is a very big misconception. And a lot of trolls use it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, um, like some of these conventions that I go to, these furry conventions, Usually at the end of the convention, there is an auction and all the proceeds go to an animal shelter. Amazing. Do you think that a lot of people, obviously you can't speak for everyone, but from your experience, do you think a lot of people who who are part of the furry community, are they passionate about animals? And Yeah, we, we are. Some of us like to help out with animal shelters as well with volunteering and donating and there's a lot of charities that a lot of fairies like to run not even just animal wise but just to help support people in need so the the community from the sounds of it and from the research that I've done myself it, it does seem like a very warm open community that's kind of there to lift each other up and to I guess to add positively to the community, to the wider community as well. Yeah, we do actually. Not everyone in the furry fandom does. Not everyone can, but a lot do. And they like to give back to the community and try and help people in need when they can. If Even if they can't do it money-wise, they will try to do it with their performances to entertain, to get people's minds off things just bring a smile to someone's face yeah that's so nice another thing people probably don't realize is um not every furry but a lot of furries do have mental health issues either from 
social anxiety, which is the most common. There's depression. There's there's a lot of things that they deal with. Yeah, I, I was reading about that actually, and it kind of makes sense when you talk about the furry community being a safe place and where you can kind of express yourself the way you want to without having the fear of all the other things. Like I, I think it really makes sense that people with those kind of things are drawn to the community. Yeah, uh, that's kind of what uh, horror is to me. Horror is the confident self that I want to be but can't be. <laughs> Hey, I think it's amazing that you're you're using it as a, like you said, you're working on it. You're working on these things and I think it's really, really cool. So good on you for, you know, being brave. Yeah, I was kind of, uh, it took me a little bit to like think this this whole podcast thing over as well. It's just like, should I do it? Should I try and find someone else who can do it? And then I was just like, no, I, I, I need to get out of my shell. I need to do this. I need to stop being scared. Well, I'm really glad that you did. And I really appreciate it. So thank you very much. No worries. A big thank you to Haru for having a chat. I think getting interviewed can be terrifying for anyone, let alone someone who has social anxiety. So I think Haru is an absolute champion for putting herself out there. You can find all of her social media accounts in the show notes where you'll also find my contact details as well as the show's Facebook and Instagram pages. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And if you did, like I said earlier, the best way you can show your support is to rate and review this podcast wherever you listened. It really helps share this series around, which of course makes me very, very happy. Don't forget next week, we're exploring the more mature side of the furry subculture. And I will say it now, it is so interesting. So make sure you've clicked the subscribe or follow button wherever you get your podcasts. For now though, thank you so much for listening. My name is Monica O'Hanlon and that was Living With Mon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.